good evening, good morning. For some people, it's good night. Welcome to the Sideline Junkies. Week 17 wrap-up show. I'm KG piloting the mothership that we have right here solo for this wrap-up. We may be joined by BJ later on down the line. But, hey, man, out of we got one game going on right now. In week 17, that's Indianapolis and Tennessee. Indianapolis is up 7-0 in the first quarter. Uh, We've had a lot of things transpire today. Uh, Let's take care of a few headlines before we jump into these games. The Bucs fired Coach Cotter after another 5-11 season. Kind of sort of would have known that was coming. Um, Early this morning, well, this afternoon, when we were discussing the one and four o'clock games, we talked about Todd Bowles being fired after the New England game, so we knew that was coming. Uh, Patrick Mahomes joins Peyton Manning, Tom Brady as the only QBs with 50 touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is an elite company right now. I will say that. Um, not only does he have 50 TDs, if I'm not mistaken, on the season, Patrick Mahomes has over 5,000 yards so that's nothing to shake a stick at i will say that uh to be exact he has 5097 yards 50 touchdowns over 12 ints go ahead with your bad self brother i'm loving it 66 percent completion percentage uh a 113.8 qb rating that is awesome that is really really awesome um I think he should be in the running for uh, MVP. And I, I'm sure he'll get a lot of votes because he, he was a main cog in the Chiefs running to number one in the AFC. So uh, Tom Coughlin down in Jacksonville, not happy with Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon saying that they were selfish earlier today because they sat alone. Now, uh, Put it in perspective. Leonard Fournette didn't play because of leg and ankle injuries. Uh, TJ Yeldon did play, but didn't get a carry. And him and Fournette were seen sitting alone by themselves, really uninterested in the game, even when the offense is on the field. So uh, Tom Coughlin released a statement saying how unprofessional it was and it's not becoming of a football player. But they're bringing back their whole entire coaching staff as well as uh the gm so hopefully they they figure it out down there in jacksonville it seems like it's a lot of dysfunction going on but hey i'm in the nation's capital so i know what dysfunction is oh man speaking of the nation's capital uh in the game earlier today with the redskins and the eagles which we'll get into a little later. Eagles win that game 24-0 and clinch a playoff spot with a Vikings loss. Uh, Nick Foles had to leave the game with sore ribs. And uh, Nate uh, Sudfeld had to come in, and he tossed a touchdown. So that's pretty good. I mean, not a bad, bad game from the Eagles. They played pretty well, but we'll get into that. Uh, the Ravens. Beat the Browns 26-24 and clinched the AFC North. So congrats to the Ravens. Hashtag Ravens flop on that win. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson is just an absolute beast. We talked about him during the off season, during um the 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 combine and before the draft, during the draft, and how he was going to make some team very very lucky, and he made the Ravens very very lucky. Uh, John Harbaugh is looking that looked at as a genius with this pick, and not only that, he picked up uh <laughs> he picked up RG three is a great mentor to the young Lamar Jackson. So kudos to those fellas up there, up 295 a little ways in Baltimore on their AFC North title. And BJ sent me a a, a pick of of of, of uh, Lamar Jackson calling him the king of the North. You're absolutely right. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you'll get the reference. So uh, moving on a little ways, Mayock. A strong candidate for the Raiders GM post. I, I I'm just I'm baffled by that. That Mike Mayock is this is the second time I've heard his name considered for GM of an NFL team. Um, the reason why I'm baffled is because he's a TV guy. Now he's been around uh football an awful lot, so I mean that's cool. But I, I don't know, and it's official that uh, Todd Bowles has been fired after four seasons, a twenty-four and forty record in, with the Jets. So it's official. It just came across the wire. Um, but back to Mike Mayock, I'm not sold on him as a GM per se. Now he does good with his uh, his mock drafts. Him and Todd McShay, and uh, 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 geez, I can't think of my man name. Uh, it'll come to me, but they do great with their mock drafts, but having them get out there with real live rounds and, you know, the fortunes of the team are depending on what they pick. Cause sometimes they miss. It's a lot of times they miss, but sometimes they hit. So being out there with real live rounds is totally different than being in a TV studio doing this. Like me personally, being the GM of any NFL team, yes, I can scout talent. Yes, I can spot talent, but I'm wrong a lot, and I don't get paid to do it, but I take pride in it. But you put me out there with real live rounds where a franchise is dependent on the players that I pick to fit into this system, unless I got the greatest scouting team uh, and you know we got great intel on these players, I can't say that I would be successful. It would be a dream of mine, but I can't say that I would be successful doing it. So... Uh, hey, if that's the way the Raiders want to go, more power to you. I heard uh, Bruce Allen's name also in the same running for the same job. So, eh, who knows? But since today was week 17 and most of the games are done, we're talking about right now Indianapolis and Tennessee, two, well, one potentially potential playoff team, possibly two. Uh, that are playing tonight. Draft order has been set. The Cardinals have the number one overall pick. And we'll see who they take. Um, Top 18 has already been uh, set. So let's go down through it. You got the Cardinals number one, 49ers number two, uh, Jets number three, Raiders number four, uh, who we got? Let me see. Buccaneers five, Giants six, Jaguars seven, 
Lions 8, Broncos 9, Bills 10. Oh, that should. And I think the Redskins got 18. So, this is, whoo boy. This is going to be a humdinger of a draft. I, I believe this draft class is kind of sort of, I'm not going to say weak, but I think it's kind of sort of diluted, especially with Kyler Murray not going to the NFL draft. I think that's going <laughs> to hurt a little bit because a lot of teams were eyeing him. So that's going to hurt a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. So, all right, let's jump into it with these games. Uh, BJ's Bills take care of the Miami Dolphins, 42-17. to Absolute like thrashing of a division rival no playoff implications there but just shout out to bj and you know finishing the season on a high note i know he wanted to say something about kyle williams today and i'm i'm gonna leave it open for him a little late in the show because uh he wanted to, he had a few words for mr williams in his last game as a buffalo bill possibly his last nfl game so i just wanted to leave it open for bj for that um Detroit beat Green Bay. I mean, geez, that was a, a another, like, what? <laughs> you didn't expect Detroit to do that. I didn't expect I didn't expect Green Bay to be this bad of a team this season, but they blanked Green Bay 31 to nothing. Detroit, we're talking the Lions, people. The Lions, 31 and nothing over Green Bay. Now, Aaron Rodgers did go out in that game. So, eh. I guess that's what you could say, but it's a a miserable end to a miserable season for the Green Bay Packers. And maybe, just maybe, they'll be back to their winning ways next year. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, Houston and Jacksonville. Houston beats Jacksonville 20-3 to secure. Of, I mean, they had the playoff spot already, but they're locked in. So, good for Jacksonville. New England. 38-3 over the Jets. Another division game. Uh, New England locked up second place in the divi- in, uh, the conference. I'm sorry. And secured a first round bye. So you know what that means when TB12 got a first round bye. Go ahead and stamp your ticket and pack your bags for Atlanta, people. Because I think New England is going to be there. But, I mean, it's only 35-40% of me that thinks that. I, I really think that. Uh, Kansas City is for real this year. I think the Chargers are for real. This is not your, your your daddy's Chargers that started off slow and come in red hot just to go out in the first round. I don't think that's this Chargers team. I think this Chargers team is going to give you the business and show you how it's done. So we'll see how that works out. New Orleans, shocking loss, 33-14 to Carolina. Uh, Drew Brees didn't play in this game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater started, but Carolina jumped out early and never looked back. So that was, um, it really wasn't a, I mean, Carolina's not going to the playoffs. New Orleans already got their playoff spot locked up. Oh, man. But, and before the end of the show, we'll go over the playoff pitching, the seed and everything. But this wasn't a must win for New Orleans. This is where you rest your starters. I mean, this is, like if your team is fifteen and I'm sorry, fourteen and one going into week seventeen, you go ahead and rush your starters. You win, you win, you don't, you don't. It doesn't matter. You know? 
moving right along, uh, what I think was game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys come from behind to beat the New York Giants. Like, I thought that that was the game of the week because this game I thought was over with Dallas up. Then the Giants comes come back. They go up. Then they're up by 10. The next thing you know, they're up by 7. Then it's a touchdown, two-point conversion. And then the Giants can't move the ball. Ah, man. This was just a awesome game, even though I did pick the Giants to win this to kind of sort of spoil the playoffs, you know, not spoil it totally, but kind of spoil it for uh, Dallas getting into the playoffs. But Dallas, NFC East champions. So, hey, congratulations to them. And, you know, I threw up in my mouth a little bit saying that. So, But congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys and the NFC East championship, which you wrapped up last week. And uh, you got a date with Seattle next week. So we'll see how that rocks. Um, Tampa Bay. Lost to Atlanta, 34-32. Uh, kind of a surprise to me. I thought Tampa Bay would put up a better fight than what they did. But, eh, it was uh, a a game that just was a game that had to happen to end the season. Rocking over to the 4 p.m. games. Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. The old Cleveland versus the new Cleveland, basically. And the Baltimore Ravens secured... As I said before, the AFC North title. They're going to the playoffs. Almost lost to Cleveland, but almost only counts in horseshoes. Can't be mad at it. Loved it. But even though I did pick Cleveland because I was saying, hey, Cleveland is not a team that you mess with. But a late interception by Baker Mayfield kind of sealed the deal for Cleveland. So, But no matter how you look at it, you got to be proud of this Cleveland Browns team. The way they fought back from adversity, you have a team that won, what, three games in three years to come back and, you know, you finish the season seven, eight, and one. That's not bad, considering you only won three games in the last two years. It's not bad. Not bad at all. So, um, big ups to them. Baker Mayfield broke the rookie passing TD record. Hey, I'm one to admit when I'm wrong. I was very wrong about Baker Mayfield going into the draft, going into the combine. Couldn't stand his antics at Oklahoma, you know, grabbing his jock and, you know, not shaking hands and all that. I mean, you know, it's college. But one thing I can say about Baker Mayfield, you, you number one, on this stage, you've got very little of those antics. I mean, the staring down of uh, uh, Hugh Jackson – what was that last week when they played Cincinnati and they're not shaking really, you know, shaking Hugh Jackson's hand, uh, the game before that, when they played Cincinnati. Yeah. Those things kind of sort of stand out. Shannon Sharp said he needs to grow up, but I mean, he's being himself. I'm not going to hate on him, but one thing I can say about Baker Mayfield, the boy can play some football. He can slang that rock. So, Hey, congratulations to Baker just continue to build. That's the one thing I can say. And I'm saying that as, not just as a football player, continue to build as a man and keep, you know, you laid the foundation, continue to build on it. Don't break down on it. It's not going to come easy. You're a rookie this year. People got tape on you next year. So they, you know, you got to keep giving them something, keep them guessing. So 
I would love to see Cleveland do their thing next year and the AFC North get back to that black and blue division where every divisional game is a, a, a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker fight. So uh, Kansas City did what Kansas City does. I mean, <laughs> they win. That's all they do is win, 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 win. So where we at? Um, Kansas City, no joke whatsoever. Destroyed Oakland, thirty-five to three. That's it. That's all. I mean, what else can you say? They locked up the number one seed in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes is a monster. I thought that losing, uh, oh man, Kareem Hunt would hurt them. Actually, it hasn't. It's next man up. So they're on a mission. And maybe, just maybe, in a couple of weeks, they'll be raising the Lamar Hunt trophy. And, hey, <laughs> it's possible. The AFC is wide open. It's a lot of competition, but it's a lot of good teams going to the playoffs in the AFC. Uh, Before we jump into the rest of these games, um, we're going to go ahead and take a break, check in with our sponsor. Let BJ tell you about the infatuation. So stay right there. Don't move. Keep listening. Make sure you download that infatuation app. It's what you need in your life, I'm telling you. So be right back. Keep listening, please. And just like that, we back like we never left. Picking up right where we left off. Chicago Bears <laughs> knocked the Minnesota Vikings out of the playoffs. I mean, it didn't seem like it was too hard, but they dropped them 24 to 10 in Minnesota. Um, a lot of people are looking at Kirk Cousins sideways, asking him, you know, a lot of people asking the question, how much money did they give you to do what? Hey, Kirk Cousins was meant to bring you know, put this team over the top, do what Case Keenum couldn't, but he didn't even equal the success that Case Keenum equaled last year. So I don't know what's going on in Minnesota. Um, it seemed like once they fired their old coordinator, things got a little bit better on offense. But <sighs> on Chicago side, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the playoffs. And, man, it, it, this who boy gee me christmas I'm, I'm i'm afraid i'm very afraid i just like every team in the playoffs even them dallas cowboys they got a chance to hold up the george hollis trophy and go to the super bowl so only time will tell there hey i say good luck to chicago uh pittsburgh Came from behind to beat Cincinnati 16-13. Uh, but Pittsburgh still on the outside of the playoff house looking through the window. They have to hope for a tie tonight between Indianapolis and Tennessee. And right now, Indianapolis is up 14-0 on a Marcus Mariota-less Tennessee Titans. So, yeah, Pittsburgh may be... Uh, stranded on the outside in the cold and not in the playoffs in a warm, cozy house there. So, oh, man, I, this is shocking coming from Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, 
if Pittsburgh gets into the playoffs, they got a chance to take it to the Super Bowl. But when Pittsburgh steps on the field, first week of the season, they are Super Bowl contenders no matter what. So this is kind of sort of shocking. But they kind of sort of stumbled early on. That defense really was an Achilles heel for them early in the season. But then they put it together and they, they got it going. And I'm just, I'm sort of baffled. So I asked uh, last night, could everybody, you know, say a little prayer for me because my Notre Dame fighting Irish got demolished in the Cotton Bowl. So I'm asking you to do the same for Jim, Junie, and all of Steeler Nation because I know they need to be consoled right now. And I'm not even saying that as a joke. But when you do your part and, you know, certain things, that, that tie against uh, uh, Cleveland came back to haunt them today. That a tie nine times a ten comes back to haunt you. The, the tie that uh, Minnesota had against Green Bay came back to haunt them today. So, you know, ties always come back somehow, some way to haunt you at the end of the season. And both of those teams got it. And I think it, that tie, uh, Cleveland, Cleveland's tie with Pittsburgh haunted them late in the season also. So, ah, uh, man. I just I don't I don't know what to say, but just say a little prayer for Steeler Nation, Jim, June, Junie. I'm just I feel your pain, brothers. I'm not even gonna lie. And we talking about pain. Hmm. My beloved Washington Redskins were shut out today at home. Last home game of the season, twenty-four to zero, and a mostly Philadelphia Eagle crowd, um, which was expected. With everything that's been going on this past week and a couple of days, with the the release of DJ Swearinger, um, just the the overall. I'm not even gonna say the past week and some change. I'm gonna say the past month, the overall play of the team, uh, the players calling out the fans. Um, just everything, the Ruben Foster signing or claiming off of waivers. Um, it's just everything, you know, you got a hashtag flying around this trending hashtag fire Bruce Allen. It's trending. And (laughs) I, I don't even know what to say. This is a circus in itself. This team, this franchise has become a laughing stop a dumpster fire a cf a cluster f you know what i'm i'm i take the time and i try to you know be professional about it and yes i'm a diehard redskin fan and i have been pretty much all of my life so to see the mediocrity that has been what it is these last oh my god 26 years since january 92 well i take that back since 93 because we 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 were super bowl hungover in 92 gibbs left and retired uh we've been mediocre even under gibbs 2.0 we were exciting under gibbs 2.0 but we were mediocre and we've been mediocre since 1993. 
And you get tired of it. And a lot of fans are really, really upset. A lot of fans are like ready to turn in all their gear, everything, and, and, and write this team off. Because from the 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 coaching staff, the management team, the owner, uh, the play on the field, the stadium experience, everything is just horrible. This team is 28th in attendance out of 32 teams. That says an awful lot. Even when your diehards don't want to come and support you, that says an awful lot. But I'm just, I'm not understanding why in the world are we going to be subjected to another season of Jay Gruden, possibly Bruce Allen, if he doesn't move over to the business side, whatever, what have you, I don't care. But why are we subjected to another season? And the excuse is, well, Jay had to deal with a rash of injuries and it's so many people on injury reserve and it's the most in the league. Well, guess what? I understand all of that. I understand. I do sympathize. But guess what? Injuries are a part of a game. You don't just build for your 22 starters. You don't just build and have one long snapper, a punter, a kicker. You don't do that. Now, you got your punter and your kicker. They very rarely get hurt. But you always keep guys around that can replace them just in case. You build your 22, but you got to put guys behind those 22 offensive and defensive starters. Then when they go down, it need to be guys behind him. It's, it has to be like shark teeth. When one goes, the next one step up. It's next man mentality. Some guys got to wait. And, and, and winning franchises do this. Pittsburgh has done it for years. Baltimore has done it for years. Don't tell me it's not possible in this day and age. Yes, it's not possible to truly build a dynasty. But when you have a scouting department, a GM that's not afraid to say, hey, I'm going to take a flyer on this guy. If it doesn't work, hey, it doesn't work. That's where, you know, your capologist comes in and makes the 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 the, the contracts that are cap friendly. So if you got to cut a guy, you're not going to be dead cap space on the cap the following year. That's where that comes in at. But to say, okay, yeah, like you got Trent Williams. You got Morgan Moses. If one of those two guys go down, who do you got behind him? You got Ty Seki, who can play swing tackle. He can play both. Ty Seki can play guard. You got one guy that can play three positions. Okay? But after Ty Seki, who do you have? You calling dudes in off the street now. You got two offensive linemen that were backups that could play almost every position. But it's no depth. See, that's the problem. You got to build that depth. And to Bruce Allen's credit, I thought that him being here and everybody says, well, you got to let it go. No, I'm not letting it go. When Scott McClune was here, Scott McClune picked the talent. The brother did it in San Francisco. He did it in Seattle. Both of them were Super Bowl contenders within three years of him picking talent and putting a team together. Bruce Allen is great with numbers. You take Bruce Allen, let him do the contracts. Now, that's one thing Bruce Allen has on lock is contracts. Those contracts that he offers are cap friendly. They're team friendly, but they're also paying a the player where he's happy enough to sign it. 
So you're going to get your money. But if I got to cut you, it's not going to hurt me in the long run. Or it's not going to hurt me the following season type thing. See, that's a capologist for you. That's what Bruce Allen is. Bruce Allen can't pick personnel. When you put him in charge of personnel, you get what we got this year. Now, he's above Doug Williams in the, in, in the, in the hierarchy of the Redskins organization. Now, if you're thinking I'm lying, I, I mean, obviously, you think I don't know what I'm talking about, at me. That's all I got to say, at me. Whether it be on, on Twitter, Mr. Hard to Handle 81. I'm not afraid to, to, to prove my point. You want to do it on, on Instagram, Mr. Hard to Handle underscore. See, that's the thing. Doug Williams, and it's being talked about that Doug Williams is going to get skipped over for uh, Bruce Allen's job, which is president. Now, senior vice president of player personnel is Doug Williams. They're talking about senior vice president of football operations, Eric Schaefer, moving up and taking Bruce Allen's job. Uh, Director of college scouting, moving up and taking a possible GM job, which is Eric Schaefer and Kyle Smith. They're, they're talking about them two moving up and, and and taking those jobs. And Doug Williams being the third man instead of the second man. Now, Doug Williams, to his credit, has mined out a lot of uh, players that are on this team that produce. And a lot of people don't know that. But he went and he, did, he has the, the background in scouting. So if you don't know this, now you know. You're Matt Ioannidis, Stacey McGee. Uh, he scouted Ryan Anderson, Jonathan Allen, uh, Josh Harvey claimed these are players that he scouted and he brought in. He stood on the table for some of those guys and he's going to get looked over. And I, I feel that that's wrong. I really do. But this, this, this team is a train wreck. And to be quite honest, if Bruce Allen goes to Oakland, goes to the business side, fine. As long as he's not dealing with football operations right now, because it's not going to work. It, it hasn't worked. And, you know, something's got to give. I don't know what's going on with the strength and the conditioning team that these players are coming up with all these injuries. Larry Hess is a very good athletic trainer. That's one thing I do know. Uh, I've heard people talk about him and, say how good he is and what he does. So I don't know what the deal is with all the injuries, but I've spent too much time on this team and they didn't deserve this much time because of that goose egg that they put up today. I'll leave it be at that. The Philadelphia Eagles stamped their ticket to the playoffs with that win 24 to nothing. Um, Philly played a dominating game. They did really, really well. Both sides of the ball. Uh, I said it earlier. Uh, Nick Foles went out with soreness in his ribs. Sudfeld came in, threw a touchdown, pretty much clinched it. I mean, they ran the ball mostly that drive, but Sudfeld still came in, threw a touchdown against his old team. <sighs> I'm done. Moving on to the next one. Uh, the L.A. Superchargers. They beat up on Delonte's Denver Broncos 23-9. to Oh, man. Now, if the Chargers would have won this game and the Chiefs lost theirs, the Chargers would have took over first in the AFC. But the Chargers stay at, what's that, third in the AFC? Not a bad spot. I mean, they're, they're dangerous. I'll say that. They are dangerous. 
and oh, dare I say it for lack of a better term, scary good. They are scary good. Uh, the L.A. Rams locked up the number two seed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they locked up the number two seed. I think. Um, make sure. Let me double check that. So I'm sure. But either way, they beat the uh, the 49ers. 48-23. So, uh, let's see. In the hunt. Yeah, I'm sorry. 48-32. I read that wrong. Can't read your own handwriting sometimes. But um, the Rams are another team that's in the NFC that are very, very scary and could turn it on, turn it off. But Delonte said it earlier uh, about them struggling. Now, they've struggled in December before, but I kind of think that this is going to be uh, a different December for them. So the Rams locked up the number two seed. NFC West champions, uh, Saints, and NFC South champions, Eagles, I'm sorry, the Cowboys, NFC East champions, uh, Bears, NFC North champions. Those are the Cowboys and the Bears are host games later on this uh, next week in the playoffs. Wild card. So, I mean, hey, the Rams, they beat up on San Francisco. It was close for a minute, but they beat up on them. Um, you kind of sort of knew it was going to happen. So, not not really a a bad game, but San Francisco is going to do something next year because they're going to get Jimmy G back, and they're going to build on the little bit of success that they did have this year, and they're going to be a contender out west. So mark my words, here it is, December 30th, 2018. We got two days left in 2018, and I'm saying it. San Francisco is going to be that team you need to look out for next year in the NFC West and the NFC period. Mark my words. Book it. Now, moving right along, last 4 o'clock game, uh, Seattle Seahawks come down to the wire and beat the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I said something about Larry Fitzgerald uh, earlier today about how you know, this might be his last game, but he <laughs> 15,000 yards, if I'm not mistaken. That's what was said about Mr. Fitzgerald and his accomplishments. Him, Jerry Rice, Tony Gonzalez are the only ones with 15,000 yards. I'm just <sighs> Larry Fitzgerald. He has 16,279 yards all time receiving yards with 1,303 uh, three receptions. He, he's got 69 receptions this year, 734, six touchdowns. He has 106 touch, 116 touchdowns all time. Um, I'm not sure if this is his last game. I, I really wish he would come back next year and, and you know, be a lot more of Larry Fitzgerald, but I'll say this. The man's a surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, it's nothing. I mean, I could sit here and talk about Larry Fitzgerald. He's that, that guy you want your kid to look up to. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he's everything you would want your, 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 your son to be as an NFL receiver. Now it took him, his a whole entire career, college, NFL, 
He spiked the ball the first time in his career this year. One time, he spiked the ball. Any other time, it's just flip it to the ref, keep it moving. But Larry Fitzgerald is just an absolute monster, period. So go ahead and start fitting him for his gold jacket right now because it's coming. He's going to headline a class. So as far as Seattle goes, um, they win. Hey, they're in the fifth seed. They're in the driver's seat. Uh, I'll give my thoughts on the playoffs in a few. But, I mean, what more can I say? I'm going to go ahead and shoot it over to BJ real quick. He got a few words for y'all, and I'll be back in a a minute. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brian with the Sideline Junkies. Bringing you my two cents for the NFL Week 17. I do apologize. I am greatly under the weather why I wasn't participating in the earlier shows. But I had to come in and chime in on this exciting Week 17. But before I do that, I do want to spend a a special shout out to everyone that listens and communicates with us through emails, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, however you do it, um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you helping us grow and uh, becoming better, uh, becoming a better podcast. Um, we learned a lot about ourselves this past year. Uh, February will be a, a a solid year podcasting on Anchor. We was on another platform before that, but uh, we've grown a lot. And I'm proud of the growth and um, all the guys that make it run. KG, a special shout out for all the work you do behind the scenes and getting topics together and putting shows together in format for us to 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 run through. And all the other guys, Delonte, Junie, Jim, um, the Don does amazing wrestling show with KG on Saturdays. I mean. You know, Gary, you know, he's been a, a guest on the show a couple of times. Excellent input. Just want to thank everybody for making this show go. And uh, we're going to bring it to you bigger, better, and stronger in 2019. You better believe it. So, um, NFL Week 17, a lot was at stake. And um, I thought it was, you know, for the most part, we had a couple of really good games. The falcons Buccaneers game, even though... They weren't playing for nothing. Really good game. Um, the Cowboys let Dak and Amari Cooper play the whole game. I think, you know, I, I, I want to say it was a smart move to get them playoff ready, to get momentum going. They had to come back against the Giants, score a touchdown. Cole Beasley made an amazing reception in the end zone, getting his knee down to make it a catch. And then they went for two and got that to beat the Giants. Um, Seahawks. And I've been saying this all year about the Cardinals. Um, they play with a lot of heart. They're not a really good team, but you can tell teams that are not good and put in a lot of effort and heart. And the Cardinals and the 49ers, man, those two teams, and when they get healthy and get things going, there's two teams to watch out for because they're not too far off. They just had some bad luck this year. So the Seahawks take them out 27-24. to 24. The Ravens and the Browns, my goodness. Um the Steelers edged out the uh, Bengals 16-13, to and all of Hinesville and some of the Steelers stayed around to watch the Ravens and the Browns do battle. 
in Baltimore. And Baker Mayfield had his chance to. Well, he's already a legend. He's already, people know he's a real deal. But he had his chance to really cement that and drive the Browns down the field. They were almost in field goal range. And that Baltimore defense, they would not let what happened last year happen this year. And he got intercepted, ended the game, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. What a story. If you followed us when we, we did our NFL draft shows, you know we were high on Lamar Jackson and was trying to figure out why he fell to where he did. He's he's done nothing but win. Now, you know, you can say, oh, he's not a true quarterback or this, that, and the other. But I give you Josh Allen in Buffalo that's running for his life. So what's the difference between what Josh Allen's doing, using his legs to win games, and what Lamar Jackson is doing in, in, in Baltimore. But anyway, Lamar Jackson, 6-1 and one down the stretch, AFC North champs, stats don't lie. And one of the more head-scratching games of the day for me was the Bears and the Vikings. The Vikings at home needed a win, and they're in. That's all they needed. They didn't need any help. They needed to help themselves. And Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, what do they do? They come out and lay an egg. Cousins finished 20 of 33, 132 yards, and one touchdown. And you can see the frustration on the Vikings' face. Um, the Bears, uh, last half of the game, they were playing. The Bears were playing their second unit, guys. So, and they take out. They took out the Vikings, 24 to 10. So, all that guaranteed money Kirk Cousins got, um, I think to lay it all at his feet is kind of unfair because they had a lot of breakdowns on the, on the defensive unit on that team also. So, um, Bears going in. I believe the Bears will play the Eagles first round. So, that ought to be a really good game. Um Eagles did demolish the Redskins 24 nothing. Um no real surprise there. The Eagles will be in the playoffs with that Vikings loss. So uh kudos to the Eagles for coming through. Nick Foles did get hurt in that game. Hopefully it's nothing major and he'll be ready for uh next week's game. Um if you listen to the show you know that um I've been a Buffalo Bills fan my whole life. And one of the guys that, you know, you follow and, you know, that makes your team what it is, is Kyle Williams. And today, for Kyle Williams, this was his final game. And it was kind of a bittersweet. It was kind of emotional if you're a Bills fan because he is Buffalo. He's what the city's made of hard work, grit. You know, this man, he could have easily left and went to a contender like plenty of other uh, former Buffalo Bills have done and won. He could have easily went to New England. He could have easily went anywhere else and had a way better uh, winning career uh, with another franchise, but he stuck it out in Buffalo and for a fan that has been following this team that's been getting dominated by the Patriots that really hasn't done anything. Um, they made the playoffs last year with help. Um, but 
just to see him finally go. And I, and I hinted to this in some of our podcasts during the season. I thought this was going to be his last season. But for it to come to a reality, it, it really hurts. It really hurts because not only is he a hell of a player on the football field, a leader, a man's man, he's also a great person, great father, husband, and and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for everything you've done for the city of Buffalo, for that team, that defense, for sticking it through the thick and thin, those losing seasons, for playing injured, everything you've done. It, it's not enough thank you on the face of this earth to extend to Kyle Williams. So, um, and he also had a catch today. He had a catch for nine yards as soon as he touched the ball the stadium erupted, and he deserved that. Definitely a, a good going away present. So it was good to see. The Bills have some some building blocks. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft. I think they've been the last. I say the last two years. I I think they've done good drafting. Um, not great. I think good. I say B minus C plus drafting. Um, it it'll be interesting to see next year what steps. And the maturity process Josh Allen takes because you got to take your game to the next level. So um, we'll be waiting on that. But for now, we got to get ready for the playoffs. And I think the playoffs, we'll talk about this next week on our show. I think the NFL playoffs this year is going to be very exciting. And I think it's wide open. There's no clear-cut favorite. You got your number one seeds, the Saints and the Chiefs. But they are beatable. Dallas beat the tar out of the Saints, and the Chiefs have went down multiple times. And both these teams have looked, you know, beatable. So the Rams, beatable, you know. So Patriots, definitely beatable. They're struggling, you know. They 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 took out um, the Jets today, thirty-eight to three. But we'll see. I think it's going to be an exciting playoffs. Looking forward to it. So that's my cut for this week. I hope you enjoyed me babbling along. I'm going to send it back to the guys, try to get under the bed and tuck myself in and sweat this cold out so I can hit the 9 to 5 tomorrow. Junkies out. Take care. Enjoy your New Year celebration. Be safe out there. No drinking and driving. Call a friend, an Uber, a Lyft, whatever you have to do to stay off the roads, drinking and driving. Brian out. Sideline Junkies. Peace. Thank you, BJ, for that beautiful, beautiful tribute uh, to Kyle Williams. Um, your take on week 17 and get well soon, brother. Uh, real soon. Um, let's take a look at the playoff picture before we get up out of here. Uh, wild card round is January 5th and 6th, which is next Saturday and Sunday. Uh, on the AFC side, now if the Colts win, they'll be ten and six, and that means everybody, all six seeds in the AFC, will have ten wins or more. Hey, that's saying something right there. That is saying something right there. But as of right now, and it looks like the Colts are going to probably pull this out. They're up seventeen to seven right now, with a few seconds left in the first half. Uh. The Ravens and Chargers. The Chargers are going to come here to Baltimore. 
to take on the Ravens, fourth and fifth seed. Um, the Texans host the Colts, the two division rivals. That's going to be pretty good. That's the third time they've met this season, so that's going to be a pretty good one. Uh, of course, first round bye goes to the Chiefs and the Patriots, and they'll wait, await um, the winners of those two games. On the NFC side, we got uh, the Eagles going in the Soldier Field and taking on the Bears. A uh, lot of history there. I mean, you think about it. You got the Fog Bowl that happened in Chicago. Jeez. Uh, Two franchises with rich history. I can say that. So, uh, on the other side of the NFC wild card, you got the Cowboys hosting the Seahawks. And, you know, that that's a small rivalry. Just like the Redskins and Seahawks were for a little while. But, yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty good game. And then, of course, you got the Saints and the Rams holding steady at the one and two spot. But like BJ said, these playoffs on both sides are wide open. The Chiefs can be beat. The Patriots can be beat. Uh, the Colts, Texans, Chargers, Ravens can be beat. The Saints, Rams, Eagles, Bears, Seahawks, Cowboys can be beat. It's any given Sunday, as Junie says. Any given Sunday. So that's pretty much it for the Week 17 wrap-up show. Um, hopefully, may not happen, but this – this this will be the last show of 2018 for the sideline junkies. Uh, my three cents, I would say, is I want to thank not only everyone that listens, but first I want to thank my, my 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 partners, my brothers, my family, uh, BJ, Jim, Junie. Don, Delante, Allen. I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Just, you know, we we we've been on this ride for almost a year. And actually it's been longer. Our year anniversary on Anchor is coming up. Uh, but we've been doing this for a little bit longer than a year. And to see what we started out as and the problems that we had on another platform to uh coming to Anchor and kind of sort of figuring it out and then once we figured it out it's like a kid with a new toy and you know being able to run with it and I thank you guys for just running and and you know letting me be me thank you for letting me be myself that's one thing I can say uh listening to all my rants and uh just discussing all the topics and and just being there I appreciate you guys everything um behind the scenes i thank my lovely wife for her ideas and everything that she puts forth uh another contributor miss lady j here on anchor i thank you for your support and your input so uh to a special thank you to don because you make a fire show that I'm I'm happy to be a part of because I mean that's uh that's SmackDown, you're the rock, that's the people show. So hey, I'm just I'm just uh uh 
a lowly intercontinental champion waiting for my shot. But that's a special thank you to you, Don. Every Saturday night, make me proud to be a WrestleManiac. I got to get us some tag team championship belts. That's what we got to get, you know, show why, why, why we the best in the business. Um, hey, everybody, we encourage you to call in. Make an anchor account. You want to get to us, call in. Keep it clean, but call into the show so we can post your response to something we say uh, on the next show. And, you know, we can interact with you. 2019 is going to be a year of interaction with other podcasts, uh, our listeners, other podcast listeners. It's all about growing. Um, You know, we're not trying to take anything from anybody. We're not trying to step on anybody's toes, but. If it's another podcast out there that does what we do, whether it's wrestling, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, we don't care. You want to come on and talk, hey, shoot us an email, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. And come on, man. I'm, we, we can do this together, especially if you're on Anchor, man. You know, we can. We don't have to be in the same room. We can get it done. And, you know, we just go and we can create magic together and build each other up, you know. Uh. That's pretty much the plans. I mean, the plans just to always for 2019 keep growing, keep building, keep chopping, keep pounding. As uh, they say in Carolina, keep pounding. Uh, but that's just not podcast worthy. That's everything you do. Keep plugging away, keep pounding, keep chipping away, keep doing it to be better than you know what you were yesterday. Every day you get a little bit better. Keep doing it. You know, keep being positive. When it feels like you done got thrown off the horse and kicked in the teeth, brush yourself off. Get back up on that horse and keep it moving, baby. That's all I can say to you. Um, thank you for everybody that allows us into your home, your car, uh, your workout, um, shoot, your commute on the train. It don't matter how you listen to the sideline junkies. Thank you. Thank you for, for your support, your listens, uh, the ratings on um, iTunes. Everything. Thank you. Thank you to Anchor for the for the platform. I, I'll say that. Um geez. I, I, I'm I'm kinda <laughs> shocked. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. I can't believe it's week seventeen already. But not only that, I can't believe it's only two days left in a year. So um a little bit of sideline junkie notes before I go. Uh right now. Looking at the sideline junkie standings, uh, I said I think I did it earlier. BJ and Delonte tie for first place. Junie two games behind. Uh, myself, I'm seven games out of first place. Jim's eleven games out of first place, but uh, Jim's looking really good. Jim's gonna leapfrog me this week, so I think I might finish fifth in our sideline junkies for regular season. But hey, it's all in fun, and guess what? Each one of the sideline junkies will have over 150 wins this season. So that's a lot to really look at. So proud of that. Uh, I didn't talk y'all to death. Um, thank you, BJ, for your segment, uh, your thoughts on week 17, your feelings towards Kyle Williams. Happy trails to you, Kyle Williams, everything you've done um, for Delonte. Don, Jim, Junie, BJ, uh, Allen, 
the guys down in the truck that 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 constantly pull the plug us on on Saturday night. Um, everybody that listens, thank you. Have a happy, safe New Year. As BJ said, no drinking and driving. Call Lyft, call Uber, call a cab, call a friend. Designate a driver, please. Everybody, I want to see everybody make it into 2019, not just to the first. I want to see you make it all the way through to 2020. So have a happy, prosperous New Year's Eve into New Year. Um, We love you for everything you do. So... With that being said, uh, we don't do no overtime. Junkies is out of here, baby. Have a good one.